0: listening to Picard Talk exclusively on the Pod Station.
1: Welcome listeners to another episode of Picard Talk. This week is episode 8 broken pieces and once again the two marks are delivering an irreverent review providing you lively debate conversation and social commentary here we are again like a visit to mr Mott's barbers all your troubles will be far away as we stun you with our latest episode has raffi been to an aa meeting or cold turkey has domino's franchise rikers specialist super tomato pizza will gerati spend the entire episode crying in a cornflake all this and more will be unpacked in this week's episode let me introduce you to my friend and co-host hi <laughs> The excitement abounds. I know.
2: I always feel like I let you down after such a professional introduction, and here I am, just with a one word, one syllable—the most unimpressed answer ever. Hi. It's like the anti-climax, isn't it? Apologies, but I am what I am. I there you go. Start- There's a li- no, no, it's all right. I was, I was leaving the pause in the silence because it was just to emphasise the fact that I am what I am. I thought you were going to start <laughs> singing there. <laughs> how are you sir? I'm all right I was particularly enjoying our guest who you will no doubt introduce in a second's absolute flummox of a look as you rattled off some very Trek tropey facts and references I'm going to be interested to see what percent of that entire intro he perhaps understood because I was clinging on a little I had to concentrate I've I've got a little bit of a nosebleed just trying to keep up with you there I do put a lot of time trying
1: to put these intros in it's very hard to get the puns in but I did notice Matt started drooling a little bit and so let me introduce our guest this week matt hello sir how are you hello thanks for having me on are you well
0: i'm very well very excited to be here as well.
2: Okay. We, we should prefix this with we particularly wanted Matt on board to do a show because Matt is a next next generation Star Trek fan, isn't that right?
0: That is right, shock horror. <laughs>
2: He's never watched any of the original series, and when I say that, I mean the original series, any the next gen, Deep Space. And I'm completely oblivious. You started with the JJ Abrams films.
0: Yeah, started with those, and then went on to Discovery on Netflix. We'll okay, fa- we'll okay. forgive okay. his
2: knowledge for the JJ films. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. for the discovery stuff and did you enjoy it i thought it was amazing yeah that's a step are you enjoying the picard stuff
0: i am it's a little bit more complex than the other one i take a lot of things with a pinch of salt lots of references and stuff just kind of gloss over them i know they're in there for diehard fans yeah just watch that I, sometimes i feel like i'm in a swimming pool with armbands on
2: <laughs> well that's fair because last week i gave the last episode 10 out of 10 because it was fanboy fun of the nth degree we had old faces we We had old tropes. We had all that warm, fuzzy feeling that we got. To you, it might as well have just been someone speaking a different language, I assume, because you wouldn't have known who any of those people were.
0: No, I didn't have a clue. I kind of guess when someone is popping up who people might know, because obviously I would have seen them passing the TV when it was on with my dad watching it or something like that. But, you know, I generally kind of think it's the sort of older characters in it. I'm like, ah, they must have been on the original series. So your test is
2: if they're old, old, they must have been in it originally. (laughs) Which is
1: flawed, isn't it? You thought that, um, cold, yeah. didn't you think Commander O was what, yeah, yeah.
2: I thought because she was old. I was like, oh, she must have been in the old one. <laughs> yeah, There's a logic to his way of thinking, though, in It's fairness. a flawed
1: logic because anyone who's in, Com- if you're a Commodore, mm. you're going to be old.
0: Exactly.
2: Unless you're in
1: Logan's Run, in which case everyone's been killed off at 18. Or you won't even know Logan's Run, will he No, he's Jesus, too man. None of my topical <laughs> jokes are going to be funny at all. You're going to have to put some serious TV viewing in, my friend.
2: Okay. Okay. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. You've not seen you, Logan's Run, have you? Well, no, your jokes aren't generally funny anyway. <laughs> as far as as, like last episode went because I'm interested in understanding are you enjoying Picard at the minute?
0: Yeah I'm enjoying it I thought the episode with the last one was really good it was one of my favourite episodes um, Really? Even yeah. though you didn't know Even who anyone know was? It, yeah Okay
2: and is it better or worse than Discovery?
0: I'm going to say I enjoy Discovery a little bit more Okay Why? I think Any particular reason? It's a bit faster there's more bits in space <laughs> this one's a bit less in space <laughs> have you noticed? <laughs> you mean
2: a cheaper budget?
0: Yeah and there's a lot of characterness in this one isn't it? There's a lot more action
2: Yeah In terms of this, in comparison to more modern TV programmes, because, again, this is something else that me and you regularly bang on about, where we're looking through this through fanboy rose-tinted glasses, so, quite frankly, Picard could take a shit on the floor, and we'd all be like, woo! I'd probably buy it as well if it was in a box. Well, exactly. Whereas you don't have that sentimental baggage. can look at this perhaps slightly more clinical and say, in comparison to, say, Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones, is it a good series, or is it just okay?
0: So far just okay but yeah it's a little bit better than okay it's not as good as the other ones i've enjoyed obviously because it is quite jam-packed with references for everybody else who's really invested in it so like i say before i have to watch it and just gloss over those little bits
1: would you say you prefer discovery because it's more woke than picard's and i would say you're from the wokest the wokest generation, generation. i mean it will it'll phase out you are from the
0: yeah there's obviously um there's, there's more diversity and um sexually and racially in the um the star trek discovery than this one this there's a lot of old white people in space isn't <laughs> <laughs> you can it's say true that. it's true yeah your, your opinion is. is as valid as mine so yeah
2: and I'm always right so <laughs> I'm the decider
1: well the issue is is when my fact is better than your opinion yeah. <laughs> I and mean, when I'm always
2: right it can we well, just reinforce together, this together
1: you've got no chance and no. resistance is futile <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm fascinated this is why this I generally wanted good. Matt on because he is a different viewpoint Ben from last week he was our guest he was very much from our generation he was, yeah. he'd watched it in the same way as us so his approach to it was very similar and he had some fantastic views just to qualify we picked on Ben slightly with his reference to one of the kids being called Diana's dead sister and it turned out he was right he was in which case that's an impressive stat to pull out of your ass.
1: Well, it is, but also a broken clock is right twice a day, isn't it? <laughs>
2: Ben was very much approaching it like us, whereas you're coming at it from a completely different angle. I'm then interested to see how we, what your thoughts were on this episode.
1: Matt's going to be a completely blank slate. You've got no reference point at all. Are you yours no. is just a raw off the top of your head. Doesn't matter if it's right. Yeah. Kind of viewpoint, yeah. not evidenced by anything. No, I'm literally which is addict. great, and it's a good testimony to your yeah. generation.
0: Well, it's also good as well. Um, it shows you how well they've made this um, series. If someone like me can watch it and still enjoy it,
1: yeah. Well, well, actually, that is a good point because I think we've said this a few times on other things that we've done is do science fiction fans because would you say you were into science fiction yeah it's okay. my favorite if that's your genre you're gonna watch this aren't you yeah did you ever watch Battlestar Galactica that, um, I mean the reboot of it not the 1975
0: I am um, is that the one like the 90s yeah I remember my, yeah they did Caprica, Caprica after it and different things I think my dad was heavily into that because he was we'd watch that and then Buffy the Vampire Slayer but I was, okay. went more down the Buffy route than. I didn't like that Battlestar Galactica
2: I have to be honest did you not no not the remake one no I did it a, was bit, a bit dark it a did bit a
1: pan- Pandering, I'm not into pandering. I'm happy to just tell a decent story, well. And if you want to go down a route of picking a marked identity group, just do a story about that.
2: I could always, I always quite fancy getting into Buffy. I never really had the time when it was coming out. I think I was at uni, just yeah. doing uni things. Well, are redoing
1: and... Buffy, aren't we? So you'll be interested to know you can get yeah. back into it. But did you ever watch Angel? I never watched Angel. I watched like two series. Did you? Okay. Yeah. I suppose it's like the law of diminishing returns for you. Then, if you've been watching Discovery, Picard's the next logical step for you. Then, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Got one last question. When you finish watching this series. Will there be any inclination for you to go back and watch some of the older series to try and fill in those holes? Or
0: well, I fell asleep the other day and I woke up and an old episode of Star Trek. I don't know which one it was. There's three guys and he's the guy's deaf and he's got ah, interpreters. That, that's the
2: next gen one. Next that, gen yeah. one.
0: And I was like, what is
2: this? Yeah, well, that was that was in season one or two, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. They were they were notoriously <laughs>
1: So I was yeah, we like, were kind mm, of finding their place, weren't they? I think after the short gap between the animated series and Next Gen, I think they were trying to do... Well, as you mentioned, Doctor Who, when they had Christopher Eccleston in 2005, they were trying to find their feet again. Yeah. And that's what Next Gen was essentially right. doing. It was was reaching, like we're talking now, was reaching a different generation of Star Trek fans. And because there's been a huge gap between 60s and 70s to the 80s, trying to find their feet, and I think season one was that journey where they were kind of develop whether people would buy into the, the new Star Trek. I think it's
2: famous that with all of those series series one two and three you push through just for a little bit of useful background information on the characters but from pretty much season four onwards is actually when it gets good same with deep space nine wasn't it yep. that got good when the war started next gen got good when will grew his beard um, <laughs> and they changed the uniforms. Janeway got good when she got a good hairdo and stopped looking like the warden off her oh <laughs> prisoner cell block H. yeah and seven of nine or as you called her 7-11. Seven of mil- (laughs) 7-Eleven came along. All of those shows only got better when they kind of got a bit further on anyway.
1: They've all had their moments, haven't they? I think any show starting off is to... I mean, Deep Space Nine was derided, wasn't it? None of the fans liked Deep Space Nine. Well, they did,
2: but retrospectively, because seasons one and two were a bit of a struggle, weren't they?
1: There's a film that was about Deep Space Nine and they've got the executive producer and all the various elements of the show
2: being created and saying they didn't have the support of the studio, it wasn't well received by fans. It got good when Cisco shaves his head and grows a goatee. What you need to realise, Matt, is that as soon as one of the members of the team grows a new form of facial hair, shit's getting real. Well, didn't you
1: say Jurati with a beard earlier?
2: Well, there you go. (laughs) Uh, If Jurati comes back with a beard... you you know games and an Irish accent it's got to be better than one of them EMHs but we'll get to that
1: indeed do you want to do your reviews sir hailing frequencies open
2: we love hearing your thoughts guys and we've had plenty of them going back to the poll for the last episode episode 7 with the N penthe in the end 52% of people thought it was a fantastic episode which we titled TNG are back bitches with second coming 33% which was warming of the cockles because of all those sentimental feelings and Kai Fox now I have to read this Kai I'm amazed you have the energy to type such a long message good for you so I'm going to read it out in full bear with me love this episode so much it made me so very very nostalgic Deanna slash Riker was the first fictional relationship I really invested in as a teenager I thought I've long grown out of it and Penthe proved I was wrong easy there Imzadi made me scream I was 15 again which we said that's true yeah fair cop. also so Diana kicking Picard's ass was just perfect but really everything that came out of her or Riker's mouth especially towards Picard was pure gold. I thought frick's and Surtis input into this episode was really tangible and I admire how they invested I admire how invested these two still are in the show and in their characters in particular especially given that Curtis's case the show seriously mistreated her in several ways. These two are a big part of what made Star what it is and I'm eternally grateful. Before I go on with that she wasn't in the credits was she? as a star guest? No. Which, I'd love to know the reason why because that seems a bit shit. Sometimes people just do cameos. I know, but Frick's got a star guest and he didn't do any more lines than He was
0: cooking a tried, pizza that was classed as a special action. It <laughs> might have been a type in her, or they might have just put her in the wrong section. Some
2: people are quite humble though and just don't want it. She was rocking it anyway. Also, goes on, how great was Picard's line they have more baggage than all of you combined which we said. Mate, you're saying this to a man whose mum died when he was two whose father seriously neglected him after that so he had to cook for himself and his father from when he was very little. Who's this?
0: This is turned into a Jeremy Kyle show. What's funny is I'm learning more about these nice people in the woods <laughs> from this one tweet. I well, mean, <laughs> I did that episode.
1: I think we should just do a podcast on that, shouldn't
2: we? <laughs> well, Kai, I, I could go on. You, you've wrote a fantastic one. Go on and check it out on Twitter if you want to read it all. Thank you very much for your effort. I really do appreciate it. It was fantastic. It is up for a Pulitzer Prize. We also had Andy Lemke who said, I desperately need to know the extent of Riker's home defence. Do the Shields extend?" over the pizza oven. Does he know pizza ovens have a bad history in Trek? Discuss. Uh, I didn't. Did you know, Matt? I
0: um, have no idea. No.
2: <laughs> it's the first time I've seen a pizza oven in Star Trek. <laughs> we also became the 2000th follower of Dave Rossi, who's clearly a popular chap. So, Do we get anything for to that? you. I don't know. Dave Rossi? In fairness, he gave us a shout out, so that account.
1: Come on, Dave Rossi, there's probably a t shirt in that or something.
2: There was also a load on Instagram. I'm trying to read now, hang on. Be prepared well there, Mark? He's known for his preparedness. I'm now holding my computer up to them. <laughs> Brett Dubia. Dubious. He said it was a fantastic episode and he was sorry to see Hugh written off so early in the series. Maybe his nanotechnology can repair everything. Sean Guptole, awesome episode. I was finally starting to lose faith. Too bad about Hugh, though. Good old Johnny wanted too much money, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> nice And then we had Stephen Jin Coom cool. <laughs> You have literally picked the most unpronounceable
1: names known to man. Because to Tom, Tom Walker or Paul Jones, coming out of simple
2: ones. I'm sorry for butchering everybody's <laughs> names. Uh, best episode of the season for me. No we came out, fortunately, but my eyes did become strangely moist, much to my wife's amusement. And Jurati. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your comments, guys. Keep them coming in.
1: Well, I have one that's not linked to this particular podcast. Our mutual friend. Who's that? Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him for a while. Matt, you won't know this, but um, if you're a fan of the show, it's become a bit of a topic of great interest. The world is interested in how this develops. Our mutual friend, Gareth... (laughs) has got himself a female
0: oh well done Gareth
1: yeah it's quite a good accolade I'm sure he'll get up after for it however as a result of that I don't really see him that often oh. and going uh, oh, on straight here there You're quite emotional there <laughs> um, no I'm not he popped in briefly and said that he hadn't listened to the podcast that we've done for Picard but he had listened to one of our sister shows or distant relative which is the film podity mm-hmm. he liked the top 10 Christmas ones uh, have you listened to that didn't know about it tell me more it's top 10 Christmas ones and that is all I'm going <laughs> to tell you otherwise you have to listen to it <laughs> okay. in
2: fairness it's probably better. to listen to it at christmas otherwise it feels a bit weird
1: well it does give you a, a kind of a preamble for this year to think about your top 10 he was listening to that because he's just going to this thing in his relationship with regards to compromise <laughs> So, for example, he wanted to go to Horton Towers and his fiance did didn't. So as a compromise, they went. (laughs) I said, well, that's a good thing in a relationship because they keep compromising and the sex will soon follow.
2: (laughs) If you want your comment, you want a shout-out, then get in touch with us. We're on social media. It's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. It's at Picard Talk. You can also give us a five-star review on all the normal platforms. So we are on iTunes, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Deezer, Stitcher. Again, if you give us a review, we'll give you a shout-out because it's very much appreciated. Have you got an overview for us? The
1: two marks, Deep Del. When devastating truths behind the Mars attack are revealed, Picard realised just how far many will go to preserve secrets stretching back generations, all while the La Serena crew grapples with secrets and revelations of their own. Nerissa directs her guards to capture Elnor, setting off an unexpected chain of events on the Borg Cube. Discuss
2: so without giving our scores out of ten, what are our initial thoughts about this episode, Matt? What did you think?
0: It was slow, wasn't it? (laughs) Especially that bit in the middle with all the beardy men and the different hologram bits.
2: (laughs) The EMHs.
0: EMHs, that's the one. That's the
2: one. No, don't ever apologise for not being a nerd quite like us. You'll get there in the end, mate.
0: I liked it though. I did, did? yeah.
2: What did you think, Mark?
1: It wasn't a showstopper, was it? I mean, Mary Berry's not going to come along, is she, and go, yeah, you're through to the final. It wasn't one of those episodes. There were moments I struggled to focus on what exactly was happening. A lot of padding. Didn't particularly think that this week's episode was of value based on the fact that we've got two more episodes left. Um, if anything, what I felt was this episode, with it being a particularly character based one, should have happened maybe episode four, episode five, if you're going to do that. Not the third into the last
2: third act of the show. What about you? The The phrase, sometimes less is more, springs to mind. We already know we're getting a season two here, so you don't have to cram everything into season one because you know you've got a season two in which you can stretch these stories out if needs be. They seem to forget that in the original next gen shows and all the other Star Trek shows, Discovery included actually, there has been between 15 and sort of 20 plus episodes per season in which you have the luxury of being able to delve into each and every character on the ship give them a bit of background story develop it nice and over a period of time so you're not Force feeding everyone vast amounts of information all in one go. They seem to have completely forgotten this because we've got ten episodes, which is nothing. They seem inclined to have to force feed us a backstory for every single person. In this particular episode, there was stuff in there I just did not need to know or particularly care about at this moment in time. bearing in mind, we've only got two episodes left. All I'm interested in is this synth story. What's going to be on this home planet, and how the Romulans going to be able to destroy it in the way that they're going to do at this juncture? We don't need any Borg background story. Rios, I didn't need to know his backstory particularly. I mean, it didn't have to be related to the synth thing. There's no reason why they couldn't have left that as he's still a damaged person because of something in his past and in season 2 we pick the story up and actually find out why. Instead we've had this data dump in one episode two episodes before the finale and it's like, dude, I don't need all this shit. You've got Gerati having a breakdown and crying for the billionth time. You've got Soji who's still wrapping her head around a load of stuff. You've got Picard who's trying to spin all these plates and you've got the romulans who are just causing havoc and then you've got the boy. it's like my brain's about to explode and i don't need it to explode let's just focus on a couple of things and do them well instead of a million things and do them all half-assed and in 40 minutes
1: they could have very easily done the rios thing the moment that you were introduced to all the different emhs in the same episode it would have identified that they've all got different character and traits
2: well, that was just
1: stupid.
2: That was just plain old stupid. What, this episode, you mean, now? The EMH thing. I mean, Raffi, I love Raffi, love the character of Raffi, but you've got her doing a Sherlock Holmes who's done the murder scene in the chateau where they've got all the EMHs lined up doing the world's worst accents. I'm thinking you've got this ridiculous scenario here with them all playing silly buggers and doing the shit accents and just generally being messing around. And then in the next room, you've got Jurati talking about suicide. It's like those two polar things do not go together in the same episode, it took you out of it whether you were invested in the Girardi story or you are invested in this ridiculous comedy of errors. It's like, th- those two things should not be in the same episode.
0: They could have saved 20 minutes because uh, Raffi was looking for a drink. She could have gone and found him. They could, both could have got really drunk and then he could have just blurted out his entire past <laughs> in a really angry two minutes, I think, rather than going through all those simulations. Completely. It just, that really
2: irritated me and I, I think it, it's annoying because the writers just seem to have lost themselves on it. They didn't need all of this stuff in one episode, and as a result of which, I felt they really diluted on some good stuff. We've now got a million things, and I'm kinda like, don't think I give a shit anymore about the Borgs. I mean, where does the Borg fit in? Does it? I don't know. 7 of 9 seems to pop up for five minutes per episode, Presumably that's all they can afford to pay her. And then she disappears again, and it's like, okay, well, what's gonna happen with her next? You know what I mean? It's the
1: victim of what we've said many times. If you go back to next generation, it's twenty-six episodes per season. And now, because as Ben mentioned and I'd mentioned in a previous podcast, we watch your generation watches TV and assimilates nice use of the word (laughs) information and TV in a different way. Because you can now go on and binge watch a series, or you can access it in a hundred different ways. You can watch it on the train, you can watch it wherever you are. Our generation, it was BBC Two. Do for me after school was oh, five on BBC Two. yours was probably from the womb <laughs> and people just watch it differently 26 episodes and they were all episodic you'd have little bits dropping in so you'd have recurring characters but now you know 16 episodes as you rightly said for Discovery and this one's 10 episodes it's now the victim of having to shoehorn all these stories and plots and go oh by the way we need to explain why Rios has five EMHs and each one's got a different character trait so he doesn't have to face it himself it gets very mental health issue based it's like oh mate we don't well, need all get,
2: that well it gets worse than that Rios's backstory is essentially he recognises Soji and therefore has a first-hand experience of the planet where they're now going, which is like a shoehorn of, lo and behold, we've found the only captain in the world who's the world's best pilot who can do and has background knowledge of all the things we happen to need. Like Seven of Nine happened to come along at the right time and Rafi knows that, you know what I mean?
1: The whole show, its architecture and foundation has been based on every single person we needed to meet at the right time of needing them has happened. huge just happens, you said this, I think, in episode four. Yeah. Five. Hugh happens to be the director of the board Cube that they need to get on. Hugh knows Picard from High board. But none of this was planned. This no, wasn't exactly. Picard going,
2: hmm, I think mm-hmm. I'll hire Rios because he's got a background knowledge and an experience that'll be useful for me later down the line. This is just pure good fortune on his part, which yeah. makes you go, I'll give over.
1: Yeah, if, if, for example, there was evidence to support Picard knowing Hugh outside of that meeting and he's like, oh, do you know what? My mate Hugh, who I've not spoken to for a couple of days, I'll give him a call and maybe he can get me on the Cube. That would have more value than going, just so happens that he he's there when I need him to be there so I can get on the ship and talk to him about the various things that are going on.
0: Do you think that they're doing it just because they've got such limited time but from my point of view I didn't have a clue who Hugh on the Borg was. Mm. I didn't give a crap what knowledge he had. He just was just on there and, and then he helped the situation but obviously for you guys you you can see why he was there and the, are they pandering to you then and then having to weave it into such a short time frame? No, see, I think that's I would,
2: right. I think you've just hit the nail on the head
1: there. I wouldn't say pandering I think the problem is the opposite. They're not allowing you, as a new viewer, the appreciation of the fact that all this is new to you. For us, we know immediately where Hugh fits into it. So it's not pandering. We just go, okay, it's canon. For you, it's not. I would say it's more difficult for you to navigate this episode as a virgin, fresh look at it and go, I have no idea who this is. I have no investment in him. I've got no appreciation of how he brings anything to the story. But he
2: likes hugging old men. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: well it's better than cupping them isn't it yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I got thrown out of a uh, sue rider shop for doing that <laughs> you're watching the show in a completely different way to how we're watching it and the difficulty is i think you're missing out on stuff yeah definitely you yeah. might not know you do are but there's definitely a perception that the wealth of storytelling that we're getting so when we're watching an episode we get so much value like the amount of easter eggs I've got based on this one episode is horrendous you will have got zero. zero yeah exactly. I just don't understand why they couldn't have had more
2: episodes that, that would have we? solved this whole is dilemma it, is it but we talk issues? about
1: this all the time
2: well is it money it's um, to do you're with talk, cancellations you're, to, you're talking about who owns the rights to it now CBS, CBS. So you've got CBS who are huge. you've got Amazon who are huge. Discovery was dealt with Netflix with Netflix who are huge. so it's not like they're all scraping around asking for Patreon donations that's patreon.com forward slash pod station nudge nudge it's not like they're having to scratch around for a few pennies is it it's not
1: about that though is it it's about the renewal tv is watched differently now it's streamed so you look at bbc bbc is paid for by licenses itv is paid for by advertisements they can put whatever they want hbo can put on what they want because whether you watch it or you don't watch it you're paying a subscription same as netflix same as amazon everybody in terms of watching it now if you look at the viewing figures from a marketing point of view the more people watch on video on demand than they do in live they don't include that in advertising figures anyone who's going to support the advertisement in cbs it's all down to that they won't get the advertisers to support the cost of production a second series so generally seasons get cancelled because of
2: viewing figures yeah no but they had season two lined up before this had even started i'm conscious that we're, we're like half an hour in and we haven't even got onto the episode yet they already had season two in the bag didn't they so the writers already had the comfort attached to the fact that they didn't have to jam pack everything into 10 episodes and if someone said to me you've only got one season and again all right i'm going to make the the best season ever i'm gonna keep it lean mean but it's gonna be a proper machine of a season and i'd have done it that way and then if they'd have loved it that much they've gone oh we can have a second episode at which point you've still got all that extra storyline that you can tap into
1: yeah, but a lot of people don't if you look at babylon 5 babylon 5 got cancelled then it got renewed then it got cancelled again lucifer got cancelled by fox and it got bought by netflix and netflix said they were going to do one more season and then it's just been renewed again even though it was told it was only going to get season five you never know where you stand and the people who produce it I mean season two for Picard it's a no-brainer if you consider it it's only 10 episodes It's it's an easy punt but when you're producing a more lavish show which contains 16 episodes 20 episodes they're still a thing you look at NCIS or any of the CSIs or Blue Bloods or any of the other shows 22 episodes they haven't been phased out I think it's just down to, if it's an easy sell to a fan base, then you'll get it. You look at all the the shows now that have just come out, which I thought were pretty good, been cancelled.
2: What did we think about the intro? I guess the next question is, do we actually understand this Romulan shit-vag story Mm. arc yet? The intro was obviously supposed to give us an insight into what the hell it is that's their beef about synthetics. I still don't feel like... Fully understand what's going on, Matt. What did you think? It was a bit Game of Thronesy, wasn't it?
0: It was. Why did they bloody touch that? Did they know what was going to happen? Like,
2: I think she did give him a heads up. Yeah. Didn't she? she said, "If you touch this luminous green, flashing <laughs> electrical-looking thing, if you touch this green ring, you might you, <laughs> you might you might not come away the same person." <laughs> Have you ever grabbed a ring? I've <laughs> grabbed <laughs> a Maybe green one. From... <laughs> well, you stay away from a green ring, stay wouldn't you? Maybe a brown ring. <laughs> It was a bit culty when they were all standing around in the black house. Oh, I was expecting someone to go, right, okay, everyone has to shave the left eyebrow off, get a tattoo of a goat on your right thigh and the world's going to come to an end on the 4th of April 2020. I've done that. Um, <laughs> But it felt a bit like that. It was Commodore O, who we now know is part Romulan, part Vulcan, and was the worst secret agent ever. It was the glasses that gave it away. (laughs) He looked like a CIA agent. She was going, okay, this person... Who we don't know left a premonition that we can't verify about the end of the world that we're not entirely certain about because we didn't exist at that point. But it's true. So uh, this is what we're gonna do, guys. Just
1: for clarity to the listeners, the thing that we're actually talking about isn't mattering. It's the abnominium, which is the circle that they hold at the beginning of the episode, which gives them visions. Now, a little bit of a Schrodinger's cat situation there in the mat.
0: There is. It's not happened yet. No, no, by no, seeing no. it, you've already changed oh, the future. Oh, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. No, because that premonition isn't a premonition. It turns out that's what happened. My understanding is that way, way, way back, way, way, way back, the Romulans created synthetics who got to a point where it caused whatever that premonition showed. And so that created the Shatvash. yeah <laughs> I can't say that name with a straight face. It created them whose mission was to stop synthetics from ever existing so that it could never get back to that level of whatever the hell it was to create the apocalyptic ending that had happened the first time around. So it's not a premonition. It's almost like going a back memory. in history. Yeah, memory. But we don't know whose memory, which is why we can't verify it, which, going back to the Girardi thing that you actually mentioned, Matt, mm-hmm. it was like, how does she know it's real Yeah, or she- true? Well, technically, it's a ancient premonition,
1: then. It's something that has happened. If it's an ancient ritual, and we know the Borg love ancient rituals, if this is a artefact... And yeah, by
2: that, sorry, Matt, by that we mean the socks sliding down the corridor.
1: And also <laughs> the chessboard piece where you walk through a maze with your eyes shut. Um, all the candles. And, and trip yeah. over them. And, yeah, smash them. you your toe on them. So if what you're saying, which is valid, that this is a premonition that was had by the people from ancient times... It's something that was, no, uh, I don't think it's a
2: premonition. Scrap the premonition thing. This isn't those people looking in the future. That's a memory of what happened at that time. And that memory has been passed through the generations. And these lunatics have picked it up and gone, yeah, we'll accept that as fact. And so we will therefore assume all synthetics need to be destroyed because we can't have that happening again.
1: Well, I've written apocalyptic visions. Is that more accurate? Yeah, we'll have that. As you say, it's not a premonition. It's just a pile of... Have you seen Event Horizon? No. Okay, again, dropped like a lead balloon. In fairness, I haven't. Okay, wow. <laughs> well, listeners, I'm just talking to you now, not these two bloody people. If you've watched Event Horizon, you'll be familiar with the cutscenes that have apocalyptic visions that happened on the crew of the ship. This is kind of a similar thing in terms of flashbacks and stuff. Clearly, as we saw, everybody went mental, apart from our friend... Rizzo. Narissa. Rizzo? Who's yeah. Rizzo? Well, that's her name, isn't it? Narissa? Yeah.
2: Rizzo, Rizzo was oh, oh, Rizzo the Rizzo. starfleet one. Well, I prefer Rizzo because it reminds me of the rat from The Muppets.
1: We're talking about the one who has hot
2: pants. Yeah, okay. the one who fancies a brother. Which, while it boils in my brain, people... That's not how English people talk. This yeah. is how English people talk. Yeah. I don't know where these English people really are. And if they ever are, would you mind pointing me to them? Because I'd love to hear them talk. It's quite weird and unusual. Americans do a pronounced RP. I mean, it's a, a passable English accent, isn't it, Matt?
0: It's not as bad as Rios's... Uh, Scottish. Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, if I was Scottish, I would be throwing things at the telly. Mm. I can't believe that Oh okay. hi. It's <laughs> like, Really? Scottish people don't really
1: talk like that. No, I mean I think it's an approximation of what people across the pond would see us as. It's the accents; they don't understand the accents. It borders on racism, quite frankly.
2: It's is it a... racist
1: though? Is it racist?
2: It's stereotypical. It's stereotyping. It's, it's alright. Yeah. I'll, I'll free. I feel like people reading it right now. <laughs> it's very stereotyping of a yeah, Scottish person, which could be offensive. Oh,
1: definitely within the bounds of being offensive. She's Canadian, isn't she? The actress. They would be taught the newsreader style of. English. English, which is pronounced RP, which is not how we speak, because it doesn't translate Yorkshire, Liverpoolian, and Wirralian, and where are you from? Oh, I'm from Chester. Chester, well, they would understand you. Yeah. They get you straight away we speak quite posh though, you? yeah you do yeah. <laughs> yeah and also you've got the wall so none of us can get in <laughs> when I travel down south they all think I'm from Liverpool and it's like no where do you think you're from north of the wall Win- they yeah. probably <laughs> think he's from Lady Winterfell because <laughs> always villains aren't the English people yeah, yeah totally me mustaches. as yeah, I'm yeah. saying
2: that <laughs> do you like Rizzo or Nerissa what do you think of her Matt
0: I couldn't work out if she was a good guy or a bad guy because in one sense she's got this idea that she needs to stop this synth for the good of everything but then she shot a a lot of people today for that's, no that's reason that's a
2: really yeah. valid point that I, I, to her she's a good person yeah. because she's trying to do the right thing of course shooting people indiscriminately in the head <laughs> does call into question your moral standings at that point
1: I like the tone of this I want to ask you this have you seen Star Wars a couple of them yeah okay have you seen the, the ones that matter which ones are them well like Star Wars the first one that's not really the first one
2: the first first one
1: you wonder we've seen probably countless times with the Death Star yeah yeah this is why I think this is interesting and our friend our mutual friend Gareth he will be wanting to do a podcast because obviously we have that facility don't we mark whole range of packages there gareth Stand at £15 a month £15 a month mate that is three coffees and a happy meal thepodstation.co.uk forward slash podstation packages yeah forward slash do it <laughs> he's a Star Wars fan so the thing with the, the ethics we're talking about is genocide yeah. from the alliance by destroying the Death Star that contains hundreds of thousands of civilians to kill Darth Vader is it good and the answer is neither mm. the many outweigh the needs of the few it's an equally interesting conjure that you've raised no there, absolutely because I would say having seen the previous episodes he's a villain but you do raise a Valid point because to get to be good, sometimes you have to do bad things. Maybe she's an anti
2: hero. She might be. She's like Deadpool or the she's Venom. Deadpool. She's Deadpool's other half
0: perhaps ethics have evolved so much in that distant future that, don't care. that they don't we take it as like very moral now but they're probably a bit more relaxed think about how we were with like the 50s we've got different well morals. you
2: again you make a very valid point he's far too intelligent to be on this show mate <laughs> don't uh, invite him back no he's making us look really dumb i was hoping he was making us look better <laughs> you've got to remember that this is in the context of the romulan star having gone supernova the romulans all being made homeless the whole infrastructure hierarchy of the Romulan society having completely crumbled to bits them all being spread disparately across their space it's easy for people to say particularly Starfleet to take this moral high ground of this is how it should be but if you've lost your home, you've lost all your belongings, anarchy is reigning. Who's to say what's right and wrong? You have to adapt to your circumstances, I guess, don't you? That's basic social science, isn't it? Mm. People will always take the easiest route
1: for A to be. What you're saying there is, is a valid point. You're not familiar with the backstory to the Romulans, are you?
0: No, no. I had to Google what a Romulan was when I started watching Picard because I was like, oh, they look like Spock's. And then I was <laughs> like, they're not Spock's. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm the, talking about Vulcan the, the, so the, They're
2: emotion filled Spock's. Emotion filled. Yeah, see, so you you're you're not your, Mark's off.
1: going 100% there, <laughs> he, dear. What he's trying to do is claw back the intelligent level and he's going, You might be intelligent about the 50s, sir, but I'm a Star Trek fan. If you cut me, I'll bleed green. <laughs> From a raw view then, you didn't know the history of the Romulans, the conflict with the Dominion, and also with Nemesis, all of their leadership being destroyed. Yeah, none of that. That's probably no. why I was confused about yeah, yeah. whether she was good or bad. And so it goes back to what we were talking about before, which is you're watching the show and and you don't
2: even know what you don't know. Exactly, yeah. And that's a bit sad. Well, I think what we've drawn from this entire little section is that Matt has decided that narissa slash rizzo is a goodie comment and let us know your thoughts on matt's determination that rizzo slash narissa who is clearly lunatic with the phaser is a goodie <laughs> you let him know it's at picard talk
0: she's a baddie with a good heart
2: Ah, oh. <laughs> i do love that that's a brilliant way of looking at no, it.
1: i think you're right if you lost your home would you get him a coffee or a toilet roll like what a would a you toilet get toilet
0: roll right now with this virus that's going around
2: <laughs> so you can't eat a toilet roller would you yeah no but you can sell it for twice the price <laughs> What we did find out was drum roll shot Gasparo... <gasps> the Romulans were responsible for the Mars thing who would have thought that us maybe well exactly I think, pretty I think much most everyone. people
0: would. didn't Starfleet help them no. no
2: they chose not to they chose not to yeah because they've got
1: no ships after the okay. Borg fights
2: so what happened was when the star went supernova yep. Mars which is where they make all their ships hmm. they had to make more ships because they had to move a shed load of people they'd never anticipate moving yep. so they created a load of robot synthetics to work on Mars to create more ships yes. at a faster rate so they could transport all the people before the star went supernova this from your book you've been reading yeah and ultimately what happened was ship decided that a planet with loads of synthetics making loads of ships was a massive red marker for them they needed to put an end to that so that they presumably well i don't know commodore O clearly had something to do with it because it would appear that the recruitment policy of starfleet 200 years or whatever it is on from discovery is still shit get yourself a hr expert i know a load i can recommend them to you starfleet dave get him on board because somehow a romulan secret agent managed to get to the top of the security positions in Starfleet much the same as a Klingon managed to become head and of security. security on Discovery and with section 31 got into Enterprise Yeah, uh, with zero questioning no check are you human <laughs> yes yes I am do you think you'd be good at this job oh yes very certainly are you a good person congratulations <laughs> you are now an admiral Yeah, but well, she's Commodore she's top of the tree I know it's just I mean seriously really she's not even she she's like Shatavage. she's like the secret police of the secret police biggest clue is she's
1: walking around with sunglasses on it's the skies. it's great <laughs> <laughs> she should have a
2: beard it's a beard yes <laughs> yeah, but that give her away, because she'd twirl it, and everyone go, like, ah, you're, you're a bad guy. Oh, you're a bad guy. <laughs> Where's your <laughs>
0: English accent? Yeah, we didn't see that coming, did we, guys? No. <laughs> but what we did see coming was uh, Picard at 25 Hope million didn't. light years out of that hole, right at the end. <laughs> Do you want to rephrase that in a way? It doesn't sound rude. Well, he said they came really fast out of that hole, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he? He did. We've all
2: been there. <laughs> Again, moving to on. maybe we should have a look at some of the character arcs that we've got in this storyline where should we start i'll tell you what we'll start with the easiest to cover in the shortest period of time seven of nine (laughs) (laughs) because they keep on bringing her back for like one twentieth of an episode
1: just in fairness to ben last week he did say one of his theories was she would become queen b technically he's right i mean it was all for time it takes me to eat a sandwich. and maybe have a cup of coffee. She did technically become the queen. She just she's a queen. I
2: mean, you don't know Seven from Voyager, do you really? No, okay. Seven is a great character and I love the fact that they've given her a bit more nuance because of this troubled background that she's had over the course of the last 15 years. However, they seem to be just wedging her into these storylines.
0: She's the Dumbledore of this, just shows up and whips a magic wand when it's needed for the plot.
2: Well, again, that that's a really interesting way of looking at it because for us we feel she's been shoehorned you see her as she's like the fixer isn't she
0: yeah maybe that's why she didn't become the queen bee or whatever then because and she's needed somewhere else because in the next episode she's gonna pop up and just fix it otherwise there'll be a plot hole she just apparates
1: everywhere Boop, <laughs> I mentioned it in the last episode she's another cipher just another character that drives the narrative forward to get you to the next point which is where just so happens happenstance
2: that we'll be needing the right person at the right time but you see I mean a better way of ending this episode would have been to leave Seven as the Queen and it didn't necessarily mean she's made a decision to be the Queen, you could have just left it there, so that come the end of season one we're like, well, I wonder what happened with Seven has she become a Borg Queen, what what's going on there, are we going to see the Borg back is she going to turn the Borg in the Alpha Quadrant are they going to now become a real pin in everybody's side, what's going to happen, we just don't know whereas it was like, she's done the stuff we'll unplug her, she'll go back to being normal Seven of Nine, all's well you don't need to look over here anymore, look over there because that's where all the stuff's going now, you know What I mean? It felt a bit cheap. It was underplayed. I think her character was
1: squandered. She was the Borg Queen for 25 seconds, and then Narissa blew them all off, sucked she them all sucked out. She sucked them off. she sucked them into space. sucked them So now what she's done is sent them all over the all over the Alpha Quadrant for them to inhabit planets like they did in Enterprise. She spread her Borg seeds everywhere. everywhere. Then she goes, "Oh, I've now got a Borg cube that's mm. built itself. That's empty. I've got no use to it now. I'll become Annika again. Crack on, like I did. Oh. I think they should have kept her to the last two episodes where she came in and utilized the Borg in." In a way that would have been far more valuable whether it be to defend the values of the Federation. It would have been a nice turn of events to have Seven use the collective they got on the Borg to use it for good and all that's happened is we got excited didn't we and a massive anticlimax because I was expecting the Borg to start assimilating Romulans and the Shat Vaj were gonna get all assimilated and now she pressed the button and they all got ejaculated into space.
0: Well, she's got to get back to that now if she does want to become the, the Borg Queen, does she? She will.
2: What, you going to be a Borg Queen of? They're not part of the... But they didn't all get sucked out into space because there was still some at the end that tried to grab Rizzo the rap. They were the Borg. Ah, oh, the XBs. XBs
1: yeah. The Borg, she was doesn't control the XBs because they've been taken away from the collective. She's only the hive mind of that single cube. Which is now empty So unless you're going to have Like a Borg scooper Like the child catcher And Chitty Chitty Bang Bang Which you've probably not seen No um, Wow um, How do you get through your day? I mean not, do you
2: just wake
0: up Not watching classic television shows that's Do you just shame. like wake up
1: Drool Eat an avocado Go
0: to work I'm a very busy man <laughs> I haven't got time for TV <laughs> This one one hour a week I get to watch Picard It's about all I can manage But £2 can
1: keep him In good television So get on Patreon <laughs>
2: think it was wasted as is Elnor I mean he sort of falls into the same bracket doesn't he I'm sad about
0: that you like Elnor more than I did what do you think about him bit of like a space Lego lass isn't he he is yeah just kind of there but he should have killed the fake British woman in the last episode His fighting in this one was a bit
2: questionable wasn't yeah. it mm. if he was clearly the warrior that he was he should have been able to take those out no I think problems. he's blagged I think he's blagged his way onto the ship it's, it's one of those CVs where yes I have it's clearly the person who's in responsible for the Photoshop for this program whose CV says I'm dead good at Photoshop so you should give me yeah. a slot on this show when in actual fact he might have had to mess around with it for or a friend once upon a time. I think we've all <laughs> we've all picked out slightly <laughs> dodgy photoshopping at various points. We've got the Rios photo in this one. We had Picard and the baby in the last. It's because
1: they just haven't got the time, have they, for props? They just go, look, I know we've spent a lot of money on wage bill this week. I'm afraid you're just going to have to do a quick cut around and plop it on a layer.
2: Yeah, I, I feel sorry for the guy playing Elnor, because I think hopefully you might see a bit more of him in season two, but he's been pretty underutilised throughout this episode and this season generally. For me, the character's not great own past the amazing introduction to him. So, I mean, there isn't really much else to talk about from Seven and Nine, because we can't even go, well, ooh, is she going to be tempted back into the Borg now? Because no. if she is, it's going to be a completely separate storyline because she's disconnected herself here. And that's one of the storylines where it's like, nah, really? Did I need that in this episode? Soda, sort of, we're going to move on.
1: <laughs> and I think we've run its course on um, Elnor as well.
2: Yeah, yeah completely.
1: Not, I mean, disappointing, to be fair, because it had so much promise... And added a different layer to the series. Okay, he is using the most outdated weapon system ever. When you're in the
2: world of photon torpedoes and phasers, you go, I think I'll use a double-edged sword. Well, Seven proved that, didn't she? Because she just walked in and shot all the people that were kicking his ass. And also, (laughs) didn't he
1: snap his sword in the fight scene? I don't know. I thought I saw his blade go.
0: I'd like to see him get shot at least on the shoulder at some point and just make it a bit more realistic. (laughs) Is that a thing? What, I'd like to shrug it off. No, because like he's fu- Everyone's going laser, laser, laser And he just seems to dodge, dodge, <laughs> yeah, dodge he's, like, he's he get- Yeah, he's invincible, yeah a little
1: bit hurt. <laughs> I would like to see a face-off between a Stormtrooper and a red shirt. No one got better than that. Who would win in a fight between Legolas and Elnor? I reckon Legolas would, because he's got a bow and arrow. I Matt?
0: I don't know. Is it on Earth or in space? Because one of them's more adapted at jumping around in well, space. Well, it's not,
2: because Elnor's never been in space until now. This is his first time he's, he's left that on planet. Yeah, and also, what's mm. the gravity on Middle Earth? Do you know, it's
0: quite heavy. Mostly. I
2: tell you what, we're getting a bit technical. I was I was just after a off-the-cuff loose remark.
0: If but you... Uh, if you know the gravity of Middle-earth, leave it in the comment section.
2: Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, so Matt can research it more. Yeah, and um, then we will have an entire show specifically about Elnor versus Legolas. Yeah. Who will win? Yeah, and also who will win between Stormtroopers and a
1: Red Shirt. They would think that Stormtroopers can't shoot properly, but I reckon a Red Shirt would still die. Well,
2: yeah, because Stormtroopers have the plastic armor, don't they, whereas the Red Shirts are just there to be shot. Sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Stormtroopers can't aim properly, can they? Gareth. <laughs> Where are you with your podcast? Get all this sorted.
2: Next, let's have a look at Rios. Rios, Rios, Rios. Which one? Did we, yeah, well, yes, exactly. Did we need this storyline right now? (laughs) No. I think it's been too late. Did we, would we have thought any less of Rios had we not had this storyline right now? No, I didn't care about it. No. Did we think the millions of EMHs, all with zero to contribute because they'd had their minds blanked of the useful part with the dodgy accents? Was that any use? if you're going to approach the story about an issue
1: that's in the world and make it about that which tends to be the case and you're going to go about mental health issues i think it had value but as i've already said it had value in episode two when we were introduced to him the first thing that was said then was well why have you got all these amh's that look like you and all that could have been said very quickly in a cup of tea and a slice of cake or sit down with raf i've had a really bad sh- i've had a bit of a shit laugh i've had a bit of pcsd so all i've done is i've thrown all that part of my life into an emh and each one of
2: those is a basic component of my characteristics you see i don't get that particularly i mean what are we saying are we saying the the scottish engineer is he likes rubbing metal is the hispanic or spanish drunkard who doesn't give a shit what's that representing i don't understand the representations
0: that i, I don't get why you'd install bits of your mental health into things that you have to interact with every day if you're trying to forget about them because surely he bumps into the engineering a hologram and and then, then he'll know in his mind oh that's the sad bit of me like
1: It's merely a theory. They've wasted a lot of time talking about something we could have done in episode two.
2: Or, as you said, if he survives till the end of this season, talk about it then. Don't understand why they are... I mean, I know why they've got different accents and look different. It's because we have to be able to distinguish between Rios and the other ones, but it feels like they're all very caricatures of what it is they're supposed to represent. And I don't really get what it is they're supposed to represent to form the different parts of his psyche. Hmm. What I'm saying is the hospitality, EMH... What is his characteristics supposed to represent? Oh, I,
1: I, this. All I'm saying it's a theory. I'm not saying that. No, it's no, I'm not. I'm just yeah, saying.
2: Yeah. It, for me, I, I haven't seen it. I don't get it. I don't think it's added anything to this PTSD discussion. And actually, because that sort of a uh, condition, because that experience, and arguably what caused the experience is quite a big topic in itself did we need to pack it into 50 percent of this episode because it, well, it probably wasn't even 50 percent this episode i bet if you added all those sections together it's probably about 15 minutes so we've discussed ptsd and all the different elements of that ptsd in 15 minutes much the same way as gerati discussed the whole concept of suicide in about five seconds so we're not really deep delving in the way that we perhaps would have if, yeah. well those conditions deserve really
1: i think if you're going to talk about something that's topical you need to give it enough time to air you can't just throw that and go tick box you know what I mean I know a lot of shows police procedurals and court dramas do it more effectively I think because they're within the context of reality whereas when you start having sci-fi shows trying to tackle hardcore stories I think it loses something for me for me it's escapism Mm. I know it's not real I know I'm a bit of a fanboy and I know a lot of stuff which has no value outside of that context. But what I don't want to be done is preached to about something that if I know enough about, I could go and research it. Whereas other programmes handle it very well. If you watch Madam Secretary or Blue Bloods, they'll always pick something that's topical and they'll handle it very well because that's their area. You shouldn't dabble with stuff that is. you're going to leave the viewer going, all right, because 15 minutes, you reckon?
2: Yeah, it wasn't the full episode that they were covering no. the Rios story, was it?
1: And I think if you're going to do that and if you want to tackle PTSD or... Survivor, guilt, or whatever you want to tackle, why not do it in episode two? And he's like, why has he got these five holograms that look like him but have
2: different. Well, I'll give you an example. In Deep Space Nine, now you won't know this, but in Deep Space Nine, there's a, a, a war going on between a load of races. One of the young, well, he was a cadet to begin with, but he got promoted to become a proper officer and was sent out into the battlefield and ended up having the bottom half of his leg blown off, didn't he? Yeah. And he came back suffering from PTSD, but he was trying to hide away from the fact that he was badly scarred from his experiences. Nog. Nog. They had an entire 45 minute episode dedicated purely to him and what he was trying to do and how to try and, and even by the end of the episode, he wasn't fixed. It was still a, at least he was conscious of what he was doing and why he was doing it. This. Rios story felt very much like it needed the same breathing time as indeed the Gerati one did to a certain degree because as much as we'll make fun of Gerati's character in a minute the long and short of it was she was forgive me for using this phrase but there's no other way of describing it she was essentially mind raped by Commodore O oh, she forced a vision on her which she had no warning of what it would be before it was planted into her head oh then created some mental block that stopped her from being able to tell people what it was she'd been told. She was basically turned into a, an assassin that could do nothing to stop herself from doing it. And such was the effect and the horror of what she witnessed through that vision, that she's now in the mental place where all she thinks is, well, if I end it, at least I don't have to keep reliving those memories. That in itself is a hefty topic to be trying to juggle. I think we covered it between her and Picard in under Five seconds. 20 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah.
1: Especially with all the other stuff that's going on in terms of the story. If you're going to make a commitment to something that's a bit more real world with real world outcomes you can't just throw that in. I don't particularly think you should do it in these type of shows. I think you should just keep it light. Sci-fi fan base, the whole point of sci-fi is that you want to get away from every day. If you suffer with whatever ailment there is in the world, sci fi is a coping mechanism, well, it is, isn't I- it?
2: I mean, just to play devil's advocate, I think there's no harm in touching on these things, and quite often sci fi does touch on them. I think the point is if you are going to wade into those sort of ponds, do it properly. Give it the proper time, the energy, the thought. Get, portray it correctly and accurately. Don't just do a half-measured. We'll squeeze it yeah. in here to tick a box type feel, which is yeah. sort of how it, it was, wasn't it?
1: I would agree with that. What's your response when you see social things being
2: thrown into TV? Yeah.
0: Um, I thought, like, is the Rios thing done with now? Is that it? Are they going to touch on it again? Um, well, he said,
2: but, well, this is the thing. It seemed yeah. that by the end of the episode, he kind of got over yeah. this whole. Yeah. Well, he was back on board for helping because originally, when he or sold he was like yeah. I'm out
0: he kind of used it just to fill in again a plot hole of like he knew someone else or oh, we know where we're going now whereas the whole suicide thing which they kind of just boom curveball oh. try and kill myself next scene instantly yeah. like wow like why have you mentioned that a bit dark and a bit um, unnecessary of them to write in unless you say they're going to make a long think of it
1: yeah as Mark says yeah. if you're going to you, well if you're going to
2: do that you need to give him more time well then. a lot of people thought that there was an element of suicide in the previous episode when Gerati injected herself with that thing to to take mm. her off. Now, actually, because I've seen this a million times in Star Trek and these sorts of shows, I never thought that that's what she was trying to do. I don't think she was trying to kill herself. She'd realised that the best way to get rid of this tracking device in her body was to almost clear it out of her system she knew it was going to be a risk to her health but she also knew there was an emergency medical hologram who could step in and deal with the situation so i don't see the last episode as her trying to take her own life i think possibly based on what we've seen in this episode she was perhaps more cavalier towards the risks because she didn't care which is an entirely different conversation but This episode did then move it back to because she specifically used that phrase, didn't she? So she specifically made reference to the fact that she was quite happy to end it all because it meant that the next time she didn't have to relive that horrible memory.
0: I just don't quite get her motive because if obviously she's been mind raped and she can't tell anyone about it, she still murdered that man. (laughs) I forget his name. What's his name? Maddox. Maddox. Maddox, She still murdered him, but now she's like, oh, best get rid of the tracker. Like, what side are you on? Like,
1: I think it makes the topic of suicide a flippant approach. to commit suicide just flippantly because you can't deal with the outcome of killing somebody
0: well you've
2: i mean you've just raised another completely different topic i mean god this is getting a heavy one we've got the idea that you can be programmed to think a certain way to such an extent where it's black and white you might say people get sent to these training camps brainwashed and come out a person who only thinks a certain particular way gerardi was essentially brainwashed into thinking that the only solution to this problem is to kill maddox get rid of soji and find this planet and destroy the rest of it she was brainwashed by oh to think just like that
1: all you've just described there is conformity in psychology that is
2: all that is that's another heavy topic that shouldn't just be <laughs> it's been thrown covered, in hasn't it? Yeah. thrown in covered in five minutes which yeah. it has because <laughs> it's only just occurred to me that that is possibly one of the topics that could have been discussed and yet it's been thrown in there with so many other things i nearly missed it an episode presented you with a question as a dilemma from the viewer uh, the ancient ones
1: which is again cabin in the woods. If you've seen cabin in the woods, no. Nope. Okay, one of these things. I guarantee you, you'll see some. Do you go out? Are you are not a recluse? Are you? No, no, I'm always out. Okay, are you not self isolating?
0: Not yet. Okay. <laughs> if you are, you give it a few years. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: When you've had enough of society, you'll be doing self isolation. The whole story narrative that we've got across ten episodes, we've got all of these topical things, and all you've got at the end of it is entitled Rios self cherishing and going, well, not very happy. But now you've said that. Okay, all is well in the world, and it just makes a mockery of it. Uh,
2: will say this that Jurati did have her first scene which made me not think that she was the biggest waste of space as a character in the whole universe ever after a few more crying scenes which are the standard Girati, I quite liked the scene she had with Soji where she was quizzing her about sleeping and eating I mean th- those are pretty obvious questions I quite liked the fact that she got quite excited and inspired by that I suddenly saw a different side of Girati, other than the one with the dribbly nose and the blotchy face because she's been crying all day which was okay, I quite like that. I did cringe a little bit when they were all sitting around the table and she was like, I've never really had a... Matt went, don't say family, do not say family. She went, crew. Oh, which by went, well, well, that's just as bad because you've never been in space before, so why the
0: chuff <laughs> would you have ever had a crew before? That's true. And why would it be your crew? <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, I wouldn't want to as a member of the crew. I'd be more concerned that I'd been brainwashed and killed somebody. I loved than having a crew. <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he makes a valid point. Yeah, there are more priorities, isn't yeah. there?
2: and just that what are the things you want in life a crew mind you having said that Picard was a touch harsh when he said yes you're going to turn yourself in as soon as we get to the star base now bearing in mind he was was turned into the cuters of Borg and killed tens of thousands of people another ethical dilemma under duress and Jurati has essentially killed one person under duress it's a little bit rich of him to go. Well, you need to be held accountable for your actions, Girardi. People have short memories. <laughs> well, he clearly does. Yeah.
0: Is he definitely dead? Because do you remember the soil had regenerative properties in the last episode? Can't they just take him there and do a Sabrina and like dig him into a hole and regenerate him? Who you? you uh, no, oh, uh, Maddox. No, Maddox. Maddox. Well, yeah. That would be a plot twist, wouldn't it? <laughs> Not now. I think they've ejected him. He's oh, sucked, he sucked in space. I think,
1: I think um, <laughs> he's been sucked off. Another one.
0: For the next, just going on, isn't it? <laughs> it's just an orgy but, in space. I also made me thought, uh, how easy w- did Rios get rid of those bodies then? I know. <laughs> if he just sucked them off into space as well. Well,
2: listen, we're talking about the same Starfleet who have an inability to recruit anyone who isn't no a bad guy, so <laughs> hiding and covering the crime <laughs> is probably the next level of intelligence that they're really not going to be able to process there, mm-hmm. uh, I guess.
1: I know, agreed. Poor history of recruitment, process.
0: Well, then, my favourite bit of character-wise is when uh, Soji and Picard were sat there and it was just the two of them, nothing was going on in the background and it gave me a good insight as to who Picard used to be in the in the old series because obviously I've only got this one to go on so I remember turning to you Mark and saying is that an accurate portrayal and they were getting through the entire history of uh, Star Trek his and character data. and data all, all in a couple of sentences which I thought was quite good writing and that was the sort of that was for you Short that's for me yeah that was a sort of short scene we should have had with uh, Rios maybe and his PTSD they could have kept it short instead of giving us all the visuals
2: you very suspicious hit the nail on the head there we felt that the last episode picard got a bit of a reset because he was going way off base from the person who we had grown to love as a character mm-hmm. almost to the point where i was starting to dislike him and i didn't want to dislike him because he's a hero yeah. and i don't want to dis i don't want to see my hero become a bad person no. that's kind of not the destroys point destroys your childhood and particularly when it's a, a fake series there's no need to take these people and turn them into bad guys so it was great when we saw that re reset and this episode the reset seems to have done the job because yeah. throughout the whole of this episode Picard was the Picard in fact I made note of the fact he even referenced himself as Captain Picard when he was talking about data at the table so he's almost mentally reset himself back to that person that considerate the captain methodical yeah. leader who has listens to everybody takes on board I mean that's excluding the fact they told Girardi to turn herself in willy nilly but if you take that little moment out of the equation it was him again yeah
0: except for that bit where he couldn't fly the ship
1: <laughs> well <laughs> yeah but he's never flown a ship apart right. from the um, captain's
2: in insurrection it was like now I know you're listening to this dad it was like
0: my dad did
1: you, did t- your that
2: tune in yeah it was like my dad trying to use the fire stick oh right <laughs> it's okay. not working Mark no it is dad is he trying to light the fire with it <laughs> when he sat in the chair I mean even then I was still I mean 15 years is a long time so the technology will move on so you can understand why he couldn't use it even then I still felt a little bit I felt like the We're cheapening the Picard I didn't want to see him do I suppose that was a little bit of throwaway comedy I guess maybe I shouldn't be too precious about it
0: just reminding you that it is pensioners in space
1: (laughs) and Picard is kind of I suppose a bit the same way so it's interesting you mentioned about your dad and technology because they reference the threshold which is actually factual technology with premises that technology will double in capacity and halve in size and that technology will get to the point where it will surpass itself and start creating itself which they refer to as the threshold the fact that we're Talking about synths. Synths and having autonomy being sentient would link into that and particularly as we're saying the threshold is something in the future for us and isn't the future for them
2: now how did we feel about the admiral who told picard to fuck off again because the first time he told him that right at the beginning of the series i felt it was quite valid because picard rather boldly and in, in his newfound overconfident self basically wandered into her office said i know i haven't been here for 15 years and i've just slagged you off on the tell it but i'd like a ship and i'd like a crew and i'd like a coffee machine and i'd like all my expenses paid and amazon prime for free fire yeah please and she quite rightly told them to go and take a long jump off a short plank this time round i thought she was a bit unnecessary with that because when she initially started talking to him I thought she was going to say no as well because she didn't exactly start with, oh yeah, sorry Jean-Luc, it does appear you were right, (laughs) I'm sorry to have doubted you, how can we help? She was quite belligerent with her response so I could understand why Picard then slipped into I'm going to tell you what I think gear and then she jumped straight down his throat only to then give him what he asked for because she was clearly accepting he was right. Yeah, but no one likes being wrong. But she told them to go <laughs> off, I know, but that's what I mean. The first yeah. time she did it, at the beginning of the season, I thought she was well within her rights. This time, oh. I thought she was bang out of order. Because
1: you wouldn't get that in Next Generation, would you? We're reminded of the fact it's clearly on a streaming service. Well, Admiral
2: to Admiral, you shouldn't be talking to them like no. that, should you?
0: Well, that's what I thought. I thought you overstepped the mark by speaking over her a lot, but then I also presumed that she was a character from the old season just because she was older. Than him. So I was like, oh, there must be a backstory there. No, she's a
2: character from the book. She's part and parcel of working with Picard about the Romulan relocation. She quite often had to deal with the Star Fleet Federation of Planet issues, the politics that were created by people whining a bitching and moaning about all these resources going towards the Romulans. She didn't really have a bad relationship with Picard, but she was put under a lot of pressure because of the things Picard was doing not wrong doing. I suspect when eventually it all went a bit belly up she was probably glad to see the end of that whole process and because Picard's name was on the letterhead she was probably quite happy to see the end of him because his name had become synonymous with the process that had mm-hmm. become the bane of her life. I can perhaps see why she's not overly keen on seeing him back but I certainly didn't get any impressions in the book that it warranted her being I thought she was a bit of a bitch on this occasion.
1: Mark's one of three people who's read the book. (laughs) <laughs> so he's like you, but he's gone a bit further into nerdness. Right. And he's got the book and he's proper excited about that, aren't you?
2: Well, I do like mentioning the fact that I feel more intelligent in the room. <laughs> it's one of the few things I have over Mark in turn of So I am going to swing that lead as much as I can. And he does. How did we feel about Raffi in this episode? Did we think she was served any justice? I mean, she's been served justice because she's been proven right about her conspiracy theory about the Mars and who was responsible for it, i.e. the Romulans she had to go through this ridiculous Sherlock Holmes charade Colombo style investigating a load of EMHs who were quite frankly
0: useless. And the only reason she did that she was the only one left on the ship who wasn't doing <laughs> something else. Well exactly it felt like they were yeah. just giving her a job. She was quite flippant wasn't she one moment she was trying to shoot the car and like couldn't get her so booze and then the next minute was like oh I'm going to investigate this mystery. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile nobody's flying the ship.
2: <laughs> How funny though was it when it turned out she'd locked herself out of the booze cabinet.
1: <laughs> Another topic that's been glossed over over very quickly isn't it as is our addiction issues mm. you know it's like well okay i'm now on the road to recovery and i thought didn't i, I said to you oh clearly she's clean and then immediately mm. she asked for a drink, drink yeah. so
2: she's not clean well in fairness her body like she's constantly fidgeting and her desperate need to revert to getting herself a drink when the tough gets going mm-hmm. that character despite the fact that she's been given a, a very deep very big topic and point three of a second in which to depict and play it i think she's done a magnificent job she's a great actress she is a great actress, isn't she? Yeah, I've seen her a few times actually, she's very good. You know, didn't want to mention it, but in the book. (laughs) Oh yes, tell me more. Well, Raffi's in the book and she gets a bit more of a play and I think, I don't know whether, I was quite fond of the Raffi character before I'd read the book. Now I've read the book and you've got a little bit more context. I do like this character, I think there's a lot more to her and again, a bit like all the other ones ten episodes isn't enough to do any sort of justice and I don't think you needed to show all your hand with these characters in those ten episode, so I would have left a lot. In fact to give you an example, Commander Worf who you don't know, he was a Klingon who was brought up by humans and was on Picard's Enterprise in Next Generation. We were still learning quite important things about him and his character and his background. In episodes 5, 6 and 7, yep. you're almost, what, 150 episodes in yep. and you're still learning things and yet we're learning everything about Raffi in 10.
0: Who was the cool alien guy on Discovery with the things that stick out? Oh, Seru no. So, so, is that yeah? You didn't find with, out like, his, his backstory until the second season, and then it was really cool and interesting. And they spent a few episodes doing that exactly. So with his sagging
1: ganglia, with his <laughs> swollen well, ganglia. He has the crappiest fear ganglia in the planet because they happen to coincide with the report that
2: something's happening just before <laughs> his ganglia kickoff. Well, there was times when people were standing there with a gun in his face and his ganglia still one um, popping out. Yeah.
0: yeah, but he didn't get shot, though. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> She's in the ganglia. That's a fair point. <laughs> to round this up, that we've got the mission stuff left. Yep. Where is this headed? <laughs> we've got two parts. Tell we, me, Mark. We've got the final episode, which is split into two parts, and I'm trying to wrap my head around all the stuff that they've crammed in.
0: Well, didn't Narek follow them? Is that who it was in the... We assume to... so. We assumed... Where yeah. did
2: he come from? Well, exactly. Cloak and device. Yeah, no, but... the were able to track him earlier on weren't they yeah. they were able to track him so what did he do differently a to find them and b to stay hidden in a way that because he presumably didn't know that they knew that he knew that they knew that he knew that they were following him
0: i think that he implanted the knowledge of how um soji can get through the borg hole and he was just waiting there I think that's what happened. Mm. I do
1: think he was loitering with intent to do mm. something. I don't think it just happened to be the case he was aware
2: of where they were going. All he's done is follow them through the trans warp conduit. And are these synth, is Soji part of a Borg, a more revolutionized Borg type? Because they were using the Borg travel system. What was it called? Trans dimensional. Yeah, work. the transdimensional jobby. The Borg hole. Yeah, the Borg hole. <laughs> exactly. For the lay people. Yeah. So they were using the Borg hole. I know she said that she learnt about it on the queue but I don't know did she already know more about it than she realises because she's part of the Borg, she remembered that information pretty
0: sharpish when it was
2: necessary <laughs> didn't she well this is the beauty of the fact that now she can only just remember things off the hoof it's a really useful storytelling trope isn't it where well you- when
1: you've just been told you're an android and then suddenly start acting as you've been told if she's now aware that she's got umpteen quadribytes of memory she probably wouldn't know that the Borg, wouldn't she
0: she's the Hermione Granger of this whole thing well exactly an answer,
1: are you two a Harry Potter? On. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> the rather disturbing thing is that she's got a crooked little toe which just freaks oh! me the fuck out. <laughs> she dips the chips in uh, milkshake, which Matt was like, Yeah, I'm all on board with that. But no, it's wrong because it makes your <laughs> chips go cold. Just um,
0: that salt and that sugar mixed together it's nice. <laughs>
2: anyway, it's like one of your nights out.
0: Night's in as well
2: (laughs) (laughs) Come on We've got two episodes left Mm. I want your theories On what's going to happen Where where is this going Are the board going to be A part of it Is Soji the end of the universe How is this all going to end Matt
0: I think When they get there There's going to be Loads of Soji's Running about Because is she like The third one now Because didn't one get shot Second one. Second one. Well, no, because no, of the picture, For yeah. The picture lady. The journey or whatever it was called. Yeah, Jarny. was called. Jana. Yeah. So maybe they'll get there. Oh, sure, yeah. And every, there'll be a nice society of evolved synths, which is parallel to what the premonition is about. Because premonition, whatever we decided it was, whether it was memory, because if they think that, ah, synths are going to make everything bad, they forget about choice and stuff in the future. So maybe they get there and everyone's really nice
2: <laughs> so your conclusion is and this is going to be a really short two-parter uh, <laughs> I know because they, they get the, to the planet everything's fine yeah. the Romulans come
0: and there's a war there's a fight oh. and they'll get blown <laughs> off who wins the fight well uh, you know at the end of the second episode you're just going to get some sort of starfleet should go into space and boom end, and then that'll be <laughs> it what happened
2: there you go okay you just described ten minutes of an episode. Then. Yeah, yeah. I think you just described a little pre-trailer <laughs> event yeah. <bit> that's just. <laughs> yeah.
1: That, CBS are not happy with you, sir. So.
2: But <laughs> what about you, Latham? Mm, that's a very good question. I think I know. That's why I asked you. I come up with them occasionally. You do.
1: I suspect the Borg might still play a part. I do think if we've, that's all we've seen of them, we've underplayed our hand because the Borg are such a wonderful character to develop and you know delve into. I still maintain that my theory from a couple of episodes is that Tasha Yar could play a part. It'll be a waste, to think, of eight episodes just to have without disregarding what you've said. I think there's, I think part of it will be we do find Shangular. There's a, a wonderful planet which has got synths on, living harmon nicely. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say homogeneously, but I don't think that's the same thing. Living in harmony is probably more accurate and just... Harmoniously. Thank you. Harmoniously living, which is the name of my housing estate company. And then will that turn it all on its head and the status quo be shifted because now they're a threat from Shat Vaj. Bearing in mind, it's got to end on a cliffhanger, hasn't it? Yeah. And will this then take us into the next journey, which is
0: to restore what damage has been caused? And if they get there and everyone's really nice, um, then Agnes is going to be a bit pissed off with herself for killing that man. Yeah. killing she a will, former yeah.
1: lover Can you ask this question will we get to see Noonien soon? you know will has it, will, he been replicated well by- this
2: little flower who came with Jani or whatever her name was ja- yeah. Jana yeah, yeah so there is clearly not just a load of Soji lookalikes bouncing around on the planet there's obviously other Things or people—that's yeah. going to be quite interesting because who are they? And
1: Ying soon did, in fact, replace his wife, who left him when she realised. So he, she was an android, and she left him because of the way. He Imagine was. Imagine
2: being dumped by your own robot. You
1: don't talk. <laughs> you'd go into hiding, which is what he did because he was on this planet, and she wasn't happy with him. She left him. Now we don't know what happened to her afterwards. She was a human-looking. She didn't have the characteristics of Data. She didn't have the problems that Law had because he couldn't can handle emotion chip. It wasn't B four because obviously he was the prototype. There could be a case of has she in fact gone off to this planet that you're referencing mm. created a homogenous society which has been protected by just blanketly
2: mind wiping people well it? this would be interesting because Maddox was almost claiming responsibility and credit for the creation of Sodje, wasn't he yeah actually what it sounds like is that he escaped to their planet mm and he might have helped them do things or develop but it doesn't necessarily sound like he was the starting point it sounds like the starting point was pre-Maddox yeah. which is cool because I think Maddox is an ass as a character
0: It's Maddox human? yes is, if the Romulans created synths and now this is humans creating synths are they going to be like the good synths versus the bad synths because they've come from different
2: cultures. Well, there are no synths now in Romulan. No, it's been Romulans Because they've, mm. they've all been done well, and done. Well, this is
1: why what you're saying, there would be a threat to them. Romulans want to eradicate them.
2: Federation of Indifference,
1: because all they've done is
2: make a drone version. My thoughts are this episode is going to be, the next two parts is going to be Starfleet and the Starfleet philosophies that people have fallen in love with with the original series are going to come to the fore. So Picard spent a lot of time in this episode talking about his positive way of looking and the protection of things etc etc all very old school star trek starfleet are now coming to help with their squadron they are also now sort of cleared of the mars conspiracy that we thought originally is starfleet now going to be a bit more like the starfleet we expected is Picard going to be pushing forward that philosophy that people have bought into they're now going to be fighting to protect the sins because they are recognized as being their own people they are all sentient and they're therefore deserve the protection in the way that Starfleet should do that and they end up having a battle with the Romulans and of course they win because of the good guys restoring our positive way of thinking in what started down as a very negative feeling series with the cliffhanger at the end of season one being that Seven of Nine is lured back into the Borg world to become a new queen and therefore possibly the lead bad person in season two. might drop, I'm going.
1: (laughs) Let me pick the the mic up again. I don't think she'll become the queen. I think what might have happened, which is an interesting twist, is by activating the Borg cube, you've brought it back on the radar of the wider collective, and we may see a queen. I think if you make Seven that we've established as a very good character, the queen, I think you're squandering. She just becomes a generic baddie. The whole point of her being taught humanity, a wasted journey. She was a Borg, just for the benefit of Matt. She was, through Voyager, being taught how to find her emotions a bit like Data who you again don't know sorry <laughs> with Seven of Nine she was trying to get back she was taken when she was on the uh, Raven ship and as a kid so she never really grew up as such she was bogged up
0: yeah do you know when they assimilate people that do they copy them or do they just turn them into a Borg? No, they, they just well. turn them into a oh, drone. I was going to say because there's no way that she could be like, copied and no. she'd be both Seven of Nine and the Queen they don't clone no. they
1: just take all of what you are all your experiences and everything else and they absorb you into their collective ah, okay. and that's
2: why they can adapt as Mark said your technology if they don't have anyone who speaks French on the ship right. and they assimilate someone who speaks French all of a sudden they Speaking can all French. speak French mm, yes.
1: like the Matrix have you seen the Matrix
0: okay. yeah,
2: yeah the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> well listeners we've actually managed to get that
1: challenge he has seen the Matrix so where he in da- where Neo, sick an hour and 40 yeah, minutes I <laughs> where, where Neo uh, can download whatever he wants yeah. to learn how to fight he just mm-hmm. basically puts a USB in the back of his neck and
0: all of a sudden he can punch you in the face I did get quite confused with the uh, PTSD of Picard when all these Simulation in that episode, I kinda just had to drink more wine and carry on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just drink wine, shoot up. We may see Gynen, who's an Elorian, who's been decimated by the Borg, not the right use of the word, but she's been suitably spread wide across the universe.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Which again still doesn't sound well. Her planet was destroyed by the Borg, that's what you were trying to say.
1: Yes. Her whole planet has been destroyed. She hasn't been spread well. (laughs) Like a wedding
2: buffet. (laughs) <laughs> she just doesn't like the Borg. She's not a killed, big fan of the Borg. They killed all the pals.
1: Have you seen Generations? No. Back to normal. Of course we are. Of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> You're never going to leave the house, sir. Your homework tonight, sir, is just. watch... every fucking film and TV show was to be sci-fi
0: well my question is um, obviously we've got season 3 of Discovery awaiting somewhere I think it's coming out in spring you know I've heard things like January but it's March now so are they waiting until Picard's finished Pop that in, and then is there going to be some sort of crossover? Well, possibly because
2: Discovery is mm. now in the future of Picard, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's past, isn't it? Oh, my really head past.
0: hurts.
1: Um, well, they have only
0: just started principal
1: photography on it, so I don't think we're going to get it anytime soon. Really? But I
2: heard spring mentioned, I don't know whether that's this spring or next spring.
0: They're going to have to give us something if we're all self isolating and we can't go to the cinema. I'm not being funny, <laughs> mate. You've got plenty yeah. to be getting on with. Don't be greedy, my friend. <laughs> You've got
1: about 25,000 shows to watch, <laughs> <laughs> and also you need to go back into sci-fi to get your tropes (laughs) (laughs) so you aren't leaving the house whether you've got COVID-19 or not my friend (laughs) right easter eggs have we got any warning warning this week,
2: Zat Vash secrets, which have been guarding for, for centuries. Was it a mind-blowing, mind-melting reveal that they promised at the beginning? Because that's what they said. They said, when you hear about what the Shatvash have been banging on about all these years and why they exist, your brain is going to explode with fear and excitement. I was like, no. It's just a vision that may or may not be true
1: it's this adamation, isn't it it's the thing that everyone was the vision of all this horrible destruction and the apocalyptic visions of things that's the anticlimax to that
2: no no but i've heard cults tell me that the world's come to an end on the first of january 2000 and yeah but they're a bunch of cults aren't they mate it it didn't happen did it so the Shatvash kind of fall into that category as far as i'm concerned get a cream for it that's what i say (laughs) yeah
1: rub it deep it's just a pile of people wearing monk costumes isn't it really lots of hidden shots within the animation. One is a look at the non sentient uh, Federation synths and they. F- transform into the face of data we know the hatred that the sat has with since, so it makes sense that they would utilise that in, in canon but it was in kind of a blink and you miss it moment the one thing that we've been talking about the past few episodes is Commodore O we talked about it I think in episode 6 and we oh, I said that we hadn't seen and then episode 7 there she pops up with the sunbeamers <laughs> and we've been trying to work out what she is and what her deal was and things like that so it turns out she's half Romulan half Vulcan which is why she can do the mind meld In no a dance. <laughs> Let's do the mind meld with your hands on your hips. Which is why I suppose it allowed her to
2: attain her position as head of Starfleet security, which addresses your HR issue. I'm not prejudiced about the fact that she's Romulan, because of course the change in the Romulan situation means that not all... Well, we've seen with the ones who clean Picard's toilets, they're not all bad people, aren't the Romulans? Just do a bit of background checking. (laughs) a little bit of surveillance follow her to a sunglasses shop well if you're going to give her the keys to the cast if you're going to make her the most important person in Starfleet pretty much security wise certainly just do an extra little bit of homework to make sure that she hasn't pulled the wool over everybody's eyes in order to become the best person in security
1: absolutely no I agree we find that in the scene we see Ramda Ramda is one of the people she's the lady who's gone a bit crazy and was assimilated by the Borg that Nerissa wishes she was assimilated clearly it's established that because of her being a bit mental as a result of the golden ring well it wasn't golden, the green ring which is a club in London she was assimilated and by default has destroyed the cube
2: that she was on because she's mental which is a fascinating development in canon in how to destroy the Borg you just make someone a bit do lal and throw them into the mix well it seems that you've established it as that but she's like proper mental the other thing I noticed as well was this was discussed by Laris and chavanche Chabon, whatever his name is yep the forehead Rizzo Narissa is the niece of that lady the mental one yeah, yeah. And, but she had a lumpy forehead mm. which they say is because she's a northerner because the northerners seem to have the big lumpy forehead if she's from the same gene pool as Nerissa why hasn't Nerissa got the lumpy forehead that's a good point just saying well another question raised we're tearing it up on this episode oh aren't my we god I hope to hear all these comments of why we're wrong
1: <laughs> oh dear yeah that we pulled off into space <laughs> you'll be sucked off in space that isn't an offer that we're doing on our Patreon page by the way that isn't a tier that's just on my OnlyFans page <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay Matt's apparently got a spin-off thing here now so if you do want to be sucked off um, Matt what's your Twitter?
0: I'm not on Twitter
1: oh you're on Tinder? yes okay. or grinder. all of the above all in the above I think what we've done there is we've created a dating app for people on this show I feel we're treading into just becoming like pimps yeah <laughs> you're doing this for free aren't
0: you exactly yeah okay care in just, the community oh is that, is, that, is that your target audience no
2: no we're talking about the card
1: show now
0: aren't
2: we the
1: care in yeah. the community oh yeah old people <laughs> We find out in this episode that holograms have names, apparently, which and kind of...
0: accents. And can touch things. Matt raised a valid point Say before. what you said. I got confused when the hologram was touching the buttons of the ship to drive okay. it, like, aren't they his own buttons? Why does he need to touch them? And then I realised it's for our benefit as a, a viewer, to, so we fill in the time, so we can see that he's pushing them, otherwise it'd be all in his head.
2: But you see, you also yeah. asked whether or not they were sentient beings oh, in yeah. their own right as well, yeah. didn't you? Because, of course, we, we automatically assume that we kind of know where hologram stand in the hierarchy because of course the doctor on Voyager was a hologram and Mm. it kind of developed over time he was seen as a sentient being and a person in his own right and he could touch stuff
0: (laughs) also didn't the hologram sort of try and override his own protocol and give away information yeah well just
1: to add some context to this they will be allowed to touch things due to the hollow emitters that are positioned around the ship, which is why the doctor could walk around because he had a mobile hollow emitter that presented him the ability to wander around the ship rather than point to point holographic projection. In well. terms of all the ascensions, I can't definitively say they're not. What I can say is they're not synthetic and they're not like data. Mm. They are the result of programming, which is why each of the five holograms we see can't remember what happened on his ship because they've been locked out through programming.
2: Yeah. The other way of looking at it is that we actually don't have an explanation for why you can touch stuff, because if we did, that technology would exist, and we could mm-hmm. create holograms that could touch stuff. So what? it's a very valid... It's true, isn't it? If we, Holograms are created by lots of multiple beams of light being put into a 3D concept.
1: Yeah, but you're trying to rationalise today.
2: Yeah, no, well that's what I mean. I, yeah, you're talking about the hollow emitters.
1: Yeah, we're not there, are we? Well, I think what Mark's saying is, if we jumped in a trans-dimensional warp <laughs> to the 23rd century, we could do what he's saying that you can do, which is not play with people's rings
0: (laughs) (laughs) my only other question is um why were there only five of them and why wasn't there a cleaner one who cleans the ship dave was
2: busy on (laughs) discovery i think that was because only five came as standard on that (laughs) ship i think that's what they said wasn't it it came with five standard emh's and he just tweaked around with yeah with all the the same face because he just loves the look of himself but you're absolutely right there should be one that was cleaning up the chips that soji threw all over the floor oh what a waste and we'd all be interested in which accent that might be. Well, write
1: in and tell us what you think. Which, which accent would you have if you wanted to have a holographic image of yourself? What accent would you have? Um, Maybe
2: not an accent. What change would you have to your hologram version that would make you look different to you, if you know what I mean?
0: Massive penis. Uh, oh, no, I've already got one, and then we just put the hair back in. <laughs> you want hairy, massive penis. It's <laughs> like <laughs> your natural look. Why are we
1: getting guests on who look like Picard? <laughs> Have you only got friends who are bald? Is that what you...
2: (laughs) You've done it, haven't you? They've all got got less hair than me. In the land of the bald, the man with hair is king. I would have a female version of me, but keep the butchness of me. Do you know (laughs) what I mean? With the beard. (laughs) It'd look like me in drag. What would your drag name? It'd have to be a female version of Mark, which I can't reel off. I just think it'd be funny looking at, like, a drag version of me every day. I think that'd be quite cool. Mine would be called Dubious Shenanigans. Why? That's a good drag name. Yeah, but well, what changes would you make to your hologram? Well, it wouldn't be a woman. Well, no, no, I've stolen that idea, so you'll have yeah. to go with your own. But
1: yeah, it would probably be me. I wouldn't make any changes. Oh, give over. Well, no, I wouldn't. I maybe have, um... No, I wouldn't make any changes, no. It's not
2: about making changes to improve it. It's just like, what? Well, he's got hair on his on his penis now. Well, that... <laughs> You've bought a ship and you're going to turn the existing EMH to look something like you, but you've got to make it different. The rules are you've got to make it different. Uh, You can't go with the... Green
1: eyes. Oh, my God. Uh, We find that the Conclave of Eight is not a place, but it is people. we've kind of commented on previous episodes that it's quite dangerous to have a Borg cube in Federation space well it's kind of not it's in the Beta Quadrant it's It's in the Romulan space space. yeah so it's in the Beta Quadrant however it is next door to you so if you had a Borg moving next door to you that was running free you wouldn't
2: want that but we did find out how they managed to acquire it though didn't we we did it all went shit up that woman was mental because they plugged in someone who was not with us mm-hmm. and so it all just went a bit Pete Tong huh?
1: yeah and basically the board Collective went eh no we'll just uh, annex you and let you run free in the Beta Quadrant we get to see the, the fear that we've always had is the fact that you've now activated that Borg Cube and immediately it has been back to how it was mm-hmm. so it's now a functioning Borg Cube with all the weaponry that it had before backstory which we've covered to Rios's Starfleet career where we see the old combat so clearly the combat outlasted the change of uniform if you see a little moment where he's looking through that little box because you said, what's in his box Mm. personal um it didn't in a movie that mate and probably a movie you've not seen if you notice the ship i'm trying to work out what it was whether it was intrepid class i
2: don't think it was i think it looked like the enterprise a a little bit i saw you getting all excited and trying to figure it out and i was like i wish i could get that excited about stuff like that but then i continued to make my really 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 rubbish notes uh, (laughs) by adding like another word (laughs) i just went "Ooh, ship <laughs> I, I love i love the evolution of the nerd this is like starts yeah. off
1: with "Ooh, ship and you're going i'll put an exclamation mark on that to give it some gravitas and i'm going "Ooh, i think that's ncc intrepid class with the warp nacelles that fold into themselves yes and this is the value we offer you listeners you're getting the whole range of stuff the whole spectrum the whole
2: spectrum of nerdum.
1: we have the we are borg thing which come on you wouldn't have got this but did your hairs at the back of your neck not on your head did your hairs raise your What was the quote? We are
2: Borg. Uh, Do you know what it would have done if it was playing a bigger part in the story? Because it was shoehorned in in a thirty-second segment, it didn't. It should have done, and if they'd have done it properly, it would have done. But it didn't because it just felt like that extra bit in the story. I didn't want or need. When we see Picard go, it engage and shields up from
1: Riker. These are all things that get us fanboys. He still hasn't said "Make it so" yet, though. has No, he hasn't? We're playing Picard Bingo, um, which is all of the things he said in the next gen. Grey he used to always yeah. order Earl Grey well they've yeah. done that to death they did engage to death as well didn't they through the power of the ring, not to be confused with Lord of the Rings, the admonition suggests that the Jacques there's a point
2: where they develop. <laughs> he, he can't keep a straight face when you say that name now. We've managed to corrupt him sufficiently. Have we? What, it have is been- a ridiculous name, isn't Jat it? Jacques Vaj
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean.
2: And that's why you wear protection, kids. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll lose it if you don't use it. That's not true. You won't lose it. It's um, No, yeah, it's creating a whole fear point. We get an understanding from the flashback of whatever it is, where there's the development in artificial intelligence that acts as the threshold that I referred to, and once that's passed, it's too late to stop anything from happening, which is why there's a ban on synths, including the creation of the Destroyer. And Rios likens the warp drive from Zephyrin Cochrane when they used that to travel into the past, which is obviously Star Trek lore because he ushered in the first trans warp flight. And so the crew likens that to Noonan soon, which I'm sure your eyes all glazed <laughs> over from that. Uh, and as a result of that, we kind of also get mention of the Borg trans warp conduits, which allows them to travel at warp 10, which addresses your point. How can they travel so many thousand? light years are not age as much and because mm. at warp 10 you're travelling thousands of light
2: years mm. the planet we're on now is moving at 70,000 miles an hour but you're not though are you oh don't start this again. my brain tried to bleed early when you were going on about this what I did realise while you were banging on about that other banging stuff on how many sexual innuendos there are from the names that are given to things in Star Trek when it's like conduits I don't know whether it's Matt's corrupted my brain <laughs> with laughing at some of the, the unnecessarily loose that I've come up with but all of a sudden I've, I've suddenly started to see everything in a different light. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> no thank
1: you no
2: thank you thank
1: you on season 2 spoiler that Q's been confirmed for season no. 2 I said to you I
2: bet you they have him back Q's cool you yeah. like Q <laughs> yeah. watch the next gen for Q he's yeah. always good he is thank you, but thank he's you. dead so we won't oh. and we can't ah oh, poor you <laughs> get use of the
1: Borg transwarp under it there's a Bit about Starfleet Picard and his past assignments and his time on the Stargazer, which we get a mentioned kind of in I think, episode one or two, and then also his time on the Reliant. Actually, what we are we had a lot of backstory to Picard, and I think that's for your benefit, Matt. Oh, we yeah. had yeah.
2: backstory for everyone and everything yeah. in this episode. Well, I think right.
1: most of it we know, like with his heart with the Norsekins and everything else, and that he served on the Reliant. We knew he was on Stargazer. Obviously, you get them mentioned after 79 becomes the Queen, that Annika's got more
2: work to do. Annika Hansen was the name of the person on the Raven. Is this Annika? Was that Annika taking control of the situation and disconnecting herself by saying she's still got work to do or was that the borg saying yeah you've still got a few more bits but we're having you back at some point both
1: the borg collective is what she becomes as the queen technically that's still the same person when the she says we are going to let annika do more work that is her as the collective telling herself that she as the human post borg your nose is bleeding there Matt, and the tissue is going to continue to do more work i think that's just evidence that it's her human side pushing herself to disconnect rather than her taking herself over so it just shows that she's still got a bit of her humanity that we've been seeing throughout the Voyager series. The last one Captain Martina Batantides if I pronounced that right, is one of Picard's best friends in Starfleet Academy and was with him during the bar fight and was in the episode Star Trek X-Generation Tapestry, so there's a reference to that. So that is just a few, there was more than usual because obviously this week was
2: heavily We've done some heavy lifting in this episode haven't we? Considering
0: we were also bored
2: by it. I don't think we were bored, I wasn't bored about it, I think I was just over faced by it. Overfaced with unnecessary information. With that in mind, what are you giving out of 10 then, Matt? Six
1: and a
0: half. <gasps> we didn't do halves. Oh, no, so you seven, seven do so. no, you can't
2: do seven. It's a full number, so opinion calls to mass. Seven. Seven. Why?
0: Like we said, we're a bit bored in the middle, with all the hologram bits not needed. It's a lot of backstory, wasn't there? Mm. Yeah. Which is sometimes I have to gloss over. But other than that, we got where the story needed to go. Yeah. So it could have been worse.
2: Ultimately, I mean, it's a good episode, because it's Star Trek and mm. I Drive It it in my life than not and I'd rather be moaning and bitching about these things than not have it around to moan and bitch about however I do think that it could have held itself to a higher standard it set itself a higher standard in the last episode and I feel it let itself down by trying to squeeze too much too quickly and so I'm giving it a 6 for that reason.
1: I want to just ask Matt this question if I can because it's interesting they did set themselves up for a heavy fall because of the last episode when you had it as a 10 you fooled us by the way last episode because you said 9 and then you said 10. I did Listen to it, lads. i got all it, Yeah, you it led us down a darkened path. But the question I have for you, Matt, is because you don't have the foresight of having the fanboy approach, what would you have marked last episode out of ten? Probably an eight. Okay. So yeah. that's still quite strong. It's uh, which... strong.
0: I liked it as an episode. It was all kind of in the same place. And I spent like, about ten minutes going, why is there a bloody rabbit there? <laughs> um, a, a uni bunny or whatever it's yeah. called. There was a lot of interaction with the, the young girl about what it was to be a human. Which, being a Doctor Who fan, it's, like the premise of most of the show is human. Humanity. So there was a lot of that sort of element going on with emotions and feelings and stuff. Yeah, that's why I liked that episode. It was a wholesome episode. Yeah, it it was.
2: It wasn't cramming loads in, was it? It was focused on one particular thing.
0: Yeah, and it developed
1: it naturally to a conclusion that you felt Mm -hmm. comfortable with. But I was just wanted to see how it rated compared to your Mm ten. I gave it a nine, just for the record. I wasn't as as excited about. But he didn't have that. No, and to give it an eight is valuable. Yeah, Mm -hmm. from a non. I didn't realize
0: that it
2: had such this gravitas.
1: That's the problem. This episode hasn't met the criteria for another high ranking one you're giving it a six you say? six you're giving it i'm giving it a low seven it's a weak seven and for the reasons matt said i think a lot of the backstory and this drip feeding stuff to people is for
2: the benefit of new viewers why are you giving it a seven and not a six what makes you think that it's got a good enough tilt to it to give it a seven I think the story this episode
1: actually gave us a lot of closure on questions we've been asking from episode one lazy closure which is why it gets a six. I don't think it was organised well I don't think the episode it was a bit junky I think it trying to kowtow to a lot of things it decided to have a social element to it but I don't think it needed that I think what we could have done is answered the questions we need answering before the final two episodes and maintained a good structured story we did get a lot of answers I think viewers may have lost that in the fact that were also threading a lot of story plot lines and thus payoff wasn't what people expected. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm giving it a seven because it did answer a lot of the things we've been asking. If you
2: want to have your say, get on social media. We've got Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. It's at Picard Talk. We have a poll that's running on Twitter give yourself a vote on what it is throw your comment in we'll read it out because you may agree with me you may agree with Matt you might agree with Mark you might completely disagree with all of us in which case let us know we're interested in finding out you can email us at podstation.co.uk if you particularly feel like you want to write a lengthy one that's cool we might have to edit it down because <laughs> <laughs> we've already done some heavy lifting today <laughs> patreon.com forward slash the pod if you can make a, a contribution helps keep the lights on we can do more of of this, the more support that we get. That's always cool. We also do a load of other packages. So if you want to do a podcast of your own, Gareth. (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) you can pick from how much or how little control or how much work or lifting you want to do in that process check it out on the podstation.co.uk website there's loads of stuff going on there your twitter handle Mark if people want (laughs) to spam you to tell you why you were wrong I will bring it on because I
1: will just eject you into space if you give me any negative comments it is Mark Latham underscore capital M capital K Roman numerals II, as in Mark 2 like the Iron Man costume because Mark you've seen Iron Man haven't you Yes, another film he's seen that's two films and Matt is how old 30. you've got a lot
2: of life left <laughs> you know you're not a vulnerable group <laughs> and do you want people to find you on social media Matt Absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> no. you can find me at Mark R Pollard on all the platforms again I'm the daylight out of me if you want to do it I'm not that bothered that's the same the autobiography um, exactly right I think we've definitely done this to death this episode Matt thank you very much for coming in mate well, thanks for having me on we'd love to have you back because we're going to do an end of season review of all of them now Mark's looking at me because I haven't mentioned this to him but I thought it'd be really good to have Matt and Ben back and other people's thoughts and do a, a full review of the whole season with everybody thrown in there Two Penisworth oh what a foursome yeah
1: Mark are you up for a foursome definitely
2: he's never said that before <laughs> oh I bet he has yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> thank you very much for listening guys it's much appreciated Mark thank you for being your to self as always oh and
1: you too say i and Matt once again I can only replicate what Mark said which is I'll see you at the toilet <laughs> no <laughs> thank you for being on thank you very much see you later guys bye, bye. make it so number one